You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate. Hello, Are You Happy Podcast. I'm here today with Scott Paulson, uh, CEO and founder of Paulson Coaching. He does sales education and he says he helps salespeople reach their full potential. Also, his little motto is he helps save companies by saving people's sales careers. Um, he graduated from Texas A&M. He's an All-American track and field athlete. And since he graduated in 1994, he's spent 30 years in sales. Um, so he has a very experienced background in sales. Um, definitely a veteran in the industry. And not a lot of people last that long, so it's very impressive. Uh, Scott, if you can uh, start by giving us a little bit of background of um, how you got here to doing sales, coaching, um, and a little bit about what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, like you said, I went to Texas A&M University. I was a scholarship athlete there. I was on the track team. I threw shot put and discus. And my goal in life way back then, 30 years ago, was really just to make the Olympics. I wanted to be an Olympic champion. That was my dream ever since I was a kid. And I had uh, uh, an elbow surgery after my sophomore year, and that kind of changed things for me. And so um, I had to shift my dream, and, and I became really kind of infatuated with just coaching athletes. And even though I was still competing, I knew that, all right, I'm not going to go to the Olympics as an athlete, so I may as well coach Olympic athletes. And um, when I was graduating in 94, uh, I was looking for a coaching job and looking across all the uh, uh, collegiate opportunities that were out there. Um, I didn't want to go into high school coaching. My dad was a high school coach. He had the patience to to be very good at it. I knew I didn't have the patience for it. <laughs> and so I just focused on being a collegiate coach. Uh, however, I put out something like 80 different applications and nobody, nobody replied to me. No, uh, there were some, some things that the NCAA was changing at that time about coaching staff sizes and nobody was hiring. I mean, I even had great references. Some of the best coaches in the world and some of the best athletes in the world that were, um, you know, uh, references for me. It's still not one nibble. Nobody even said thanks, but no thanks. I mean, I got like dead silence on all of it. Okay. Uh, so I had to put my degree to work and I had studied finance because of coaches don't make much money and I wanted to learn how money worked. And so I've started interviewing. This is like my final semester in college. I was about to graduate and I hadn't gone on any interviews at all. I didn't do any internships, didn't do any of that stuff because I was going to be a college coach. Um, so when I did start interviewing, I start, I went through like four or five different interviews with different companies, and I absolutely hated it. Hated the interviews. I, that whole selling yourself on interviews, I, I, I hated it. I thought those people should just realize how awesome I was when I walked in the room and offered me a job right there. Uh, but then I finally got a job offer from a small uh, stock brokerage firm in Houston. And the very first, it was the very first job offer that I received. So I took it. I was just like, oh yeah, absolutely. I hate this interviewing. I'm taking the job. I packed up my stuff, moved to Houston and became a stockbroker. And um, I almost quit after 30 days. I had to cold call and cold call and cold call day after day after day while I was studying for to pass my series seven exam. And uh, I mean, we had to make like 300 dials a day. 
talk to 30 people a day and try to close three deals a day, all to turn over to our senior broker. And I hated it. Again, I having to sell on the phone to people that I didn't know. I thought they should just realize how awesome I was to just buy from me right away, right? Um, so I hated it. I almost quit after 30 days, but I found a book that changed the the, the trajectory of my career. And I've been in sales ever since. I've been a, a student of sales and selling ever since. And um, so for about 30 years, I've, I've worked with uh, sales, worked in sales, worked with salespeople, worked with sales organizations, helped create sales organizations, and really just help optimize that performance, the selling performance in much of the same way that an athlete would want to optimize their performance in their field of competition. So it's very similar to that. I've, I've drawn on a lot of similarities and analogies with it to really uh, keep me going through the years. Awesome. It's a great story. And I'm glad you've been able to stick it out in the sales industry. What do you like most about it, about being in sales? What, what I like most about being in sales is really the people that I run into. And uh, we were talking about this earlier, that people are very interesting creatures. You know, you never know what you're going to run into. And in my line of work, I'm selling, you know, I'm selling coaching and, and, and training services, uh, but I'm selling it to individuals. I'm selling it to companies and everybody has unique challenges. And so everybody's challenge, as unique as it is, offers me an opportunity to, to work on something that almost feels new every time. And, and because everybody has their own you know, uh, personality, organizations have their own personalities, they, they have their own way of doing things. Um, it's really having to discover what makes people tick, what makes organizations tick, and uh, playing to those strengths and, and learning that and, and modifying and adapting an approach uh, to, to really get those individuals and those teams to peak performance. Each one is a unique challenge uh, just because the people are unique. I've heard sales requires a lot of like experimentation, trying, trying to find what, what makes people tick. So that makes sense. Based on what I've heard, that's what it's all about is finding what makes people tick. Um, what makes people tick in your industry? What advice would you give to other business owners that are doing sales coaching um, that are looking to succeed in your industry? Like what, what advice would you give them? So if they're trying to succeed in the sales coaching industry, I would say, have your process, whatever your methodology is, you've got to have a way of doing things. Uh, reinventing wheels and reinventing uh, a foundation for every customer, that's a non-starter. I mean, that, that's gonna be an exercise in frustration. If it's kind of like having, it's your bedrock, it's your foundation. What do you believe in? What do you believe about sales or selling? And if you don't have some foundational beliefs, then you're going to have a hard time doing it. It's, it's kind of like uh, floating on the ocean without a sail or a rudder. You're just going to go wherever the currents take you. And that is a recipe for disaster. And what advice would you give to um, sales teams now, people who are looking to succeed doing sales? People that succeed during sales, number one, it's consistency. You know, it is uh, it is not get rich quick, 
the get rich quick will lead you to will most likely lead you to um, some bad outcomes. I know because I've been there. I've done that. And uh, myself, I spent 18 months in a federal prison camp because I pursued get rich quick way back in the 90s, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, So to avoid those kinds of negative outcomes, the best approach is to be consistent. If you can't figure out what the daily grind is going to be, those daily tasks, those revenue generating activities, maybe it's cold calling, maybe it's posting on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever social network, maybe it's um, you know sending out 5,000 emails a day. Whatever those revenue generating activities, the ones that seem monotonous, the ones that seem boring, they're the ones that are going to keep you in business. And you've got to find a way to wake yourself up every morning, get excited about those RGAs, those those monotonous uh, activities, because that's the grind that will bring in the money on a consistent basis. Those are the um, little ounces of momentum that once you keep on applying it over and over and over again will lead to those breakthroughs. That's awesome. I listened to this guy um, called Alex Ramosi and he's, his little motto is do the boring work. Yeah. Um, so that's the, totally in line with what you're saying. Um, a lot of people don't want to do the boring work, oh, yeah. but um, how over time, obviously the sale, like sales has transformed and changed based on different trends. Um, How do you stay up to date with these trends that have been happening in your industry? Um, And are there any obstacles or challenges you face over time and how have you overcome those? Well, the biggest obstacle that I I would say I've faced over time as, you know, this this whole technical wave of transition has been going on. Now, keep in mind, I started this way back in the early 90s, 1994, okay? And back then, this is this is pre-internet. The internet wasn't even commercialized. There was no email at that time. And back then, you want to know what salespeople were crying about? They were saying, oh, the, this voicemail is killing my sales. Oh, we're, the salesperson's not going to be around anymore. Five more years of voicemail, we're all going to be obsolete. They were crying about voicemail. And so they didn't, a lot of those people who were crying about voicemail didn't realize the opportunity in the technology, which was, you know, we quickly adapted to use that voicemail as my 32nd radio spot. You're listening to your voicemail. I got you for at least 10 to 15 seconds. And if I'm good in those first 10 seconds, I got you for maybe 30 seconds. So I got to brand myself on voicemail. Then, of course, in the late 90s, early 2000s, email is going to be the death of sales. Everything's going to email. And then 10 years later, oh, social Facebook, it's all going there. It's going to be the death of the salesman. And now I hear this AI thing. AI is going to be the death of the sales. It won't be. It never will be. None of those technologies can be human like we can be human. But inside of those disruptive technologies are the opportunities to brand yourself, to uh, leverage and and amplify your voice. Um, and that's what somebody's got to find out. And I think that's if, if you're talking about, you know, over over time, how you stay current, the, the what's most important about staying current about selling over time is how do I use whatever current technology uh, to amplify my voice and to amplify my brand? Have you been able to or thought about how you would leverage a um, AI or is, are oh, yeah. you doing the mostly? 
Oh yeah. I hate writing. I hate copywriting. I, I write all my own posts and, and until, until uh, December of 2022, absolutely hated it. And I, I would say when I heard that chat GPT had a million followers in its first week, I was like, I got to check this thing out. What's this all about? And you know, I started doing, I, I set it to work doing my copywriting. And so I'd feed it the ideas. I'd get the copyright back. And, um, to my to my uh, liking, it's it's probably about eighty percent. It does about eighty percent of the work for me, and then I come in and I say, okay, this just sounds like a robot. This just sounds stupid. I got to change this. I got to change that. But you know what? When it does the research for me, when it does that heavy lifting for me, it has been saving me tons of time, and that has allowed me to um, amplify my voice and my brand a little bit more on LinkedIn. That's really where I really focus uh, a lot of my efforts is on LinkedIn, uh, so that I can take what whatever topic, let AI do the research, get, you know, do, do all that uh, um, time consuming work for me in, in just a few moments. Uh, and then I can massage it, put my voice into it and then distribute it. And it makes me a lot more uh, consistent in how I do that and keeps me timely with it. Interesting. So I say, for example, you wanted to, um, there's a new piece of news and you wanted to like have AI just read all the articles and then push out like a quick statement about it. You do that, send the articles and then have it do that and then put your own voice into it. I like the way you go about it because it's, I feel like that piece of putting your own voice into it is very essential because yeah. it, it makes you have more of a connection with your followers. And I agree that consistency on social media is very important. Um, you just want to keep yourself and have as many touch points as possible with your audience. Um, do you what other social media sites do you use? Do you do anything else for marketing? For marketing, so I'm I'm really, I guess, more of an anachronism, a little bit more old school in that respect. Um, you know, most I'd say ninety percent of it for me is LinkedIn. That's where my business owners are. That's where my professionals are. Um, now I have, I've tried in the past a little TikTok. Uh, I've tried to I've tried to be more consistent with my video production, and that's really my Achilles heel right now. Is that I don't uh, I I'm not as consistent with video as I am with like text and 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 regular kind of old school social, right? Uh, so for that reason, you know, I don't have uh, a huge video following or really any following on on any of the other platforms. Now that's something that I need to change. I realize that about myself, and it's not a matter of should I do it. It's a matter of making the time to do it. Um, but, but because of that, it, it's been predominantly LinkedIn and, and some Facebook. Yeah. I, I do think that, I mean, short videos is what we were able to leverage and get a huge audience. So, um, not a get rich quick type thing, but it's just like, if you want to get viewers quick or get eyeballs quick, TikTok is the newest way to do it. I would say, um, oh, yeah. I definitely agree that if, if there's some way to make it sustainable, that's the biggest problem people have have with it is like, the consistency like it's easy to yeah. easier to post every day um on linkedin but it's not as easy to make a video every day oh very um, true and you can do it for maybe a couple of weeks but it's not sustainable like you get burnt out but yeah. um my question i have a one more sales question then we could begin to wrap up but how do you keep your sales team because you've obviously worked with a lot of sales teams over time how mm -hmm. do you keep the teams motivated because a lot of times they have maybe they have another job or it seems like the, the the company or the team isn't growing fast enough yeah or maybe they're they don't feel like their leads are good enough um how do you keep sales 
people motivated to keep going? Motivation is, is a tricky, tricky topic with salespeople. Um, and I, a lot of the companies that, that I work with, a lot of my clients, a good number of them think that money is just the motivator. Money is not the only motivator out there. And in fact, as you start looking at the millennial generation and, and younger, money becomes less of a motivator than, say, for Gen X and especially for the baby boomers. OK, um, the first thing about keeping people motivated, I don't care if it's an athlete, because I still work with uh, youth athletes. I still I've coached youth athletes uh, for the last 20 years. Um, motivation is an individual by individual event, okay? And it starts with understanding different sources of motivation. There are those who are motivated by money, okay? That's easy. That's easy to work with. Um, there are those who are motivated by accomplishment. Well, I want to be the best. I want to be number one. I work with uh, an insurance agent here in Houston, um, and she, money, money is an afterthought to her, but man, she, she is so competitive. And she just wants to be number one in the region. And when she got out, she just started a career with a, a new company. And they, they were like, okay, it's going to take you a year to ramp up. Uh, her first month out of the gate, she crushed everybody. And it wasn't anything that I told her. She was just, you know, I tapped into that competitiveness, be number one. You know, if that's important to you, go be number one. But there are others who are motivated by the service aspect of things. Who am I helping? How am I helping them? How am I making other people's lives better? And so motivating individual, motivating teams boils down to motivating the individuals on those teams and understanding what their source of motivation is, what's important to them, and reminding them, remembering it, be, you know, caring enough about those people to remember what's important to them so that you can remind them of it when they're having those days where, you know, the struggle just seems like it's overwhelming. The challenge just doesn't feel like you want to go take it head on anymore. And you remind them of why they're doing it in the first place. And that usually um, is the beginning of motivation. It's, it's, uh, I'd like to say there's a, a unique formula for it, but it's, it's really person by person. Yeah, I agree with uh, what you're saying based on like, my perspective. Of some people are into the service aspect. They want to believe that what they're doing is actually helping. Yeah. And other people are just go-getters and can just close that sale no matter what. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely do agree. Um, I think, yeah, the same guy, Alex Ramosi, um, he once said that you, you, if you're a salesperson, you want to do well, you have to believe that, like truly believe that your product is the best solution to their problem. Out of all the other people doing the same thing that you're doing, you have to really, really believe it. Um, and I feel like that that concept really hit home. But um, since this is a happy podcast, I do want to ask you, um, are you happy? Am I happy? Um, I try to focus a little bit more on joy. And here's here's why. Happy, happiness is important, but happiness comes and goes. You know, happiness is an emotion, just like sadness. It comes and it goes. But joy is an everlasting state of mind. And any happiness that I experience is just a, a product out of the joy in my life from doing the things that I feel I was put on this earth to do uh, and by helping the others that I can help and by being successful at it and um, earning the money that I know that I can. I appreciate that answer a lot. And I do want you to have the opportunity to speak on how you feel about um, coach doing youth coaching. Cause I feel like that's also a very fulfilling process. What is that? Like you said, you do 
actually like athletic coaching right now. What, what about that brings you fulfillment? Well, it's funny, you know, um, it, it, it has come around full circle coming out of college. I said, I would never coach high school athletes. I would never coach middle school athletes. And I didn't want to, I thought I never would. And then when I had children and I had two boys, I have, I have two boys, they're in college now, but when they were young and they were getting involved in, you know, little league T-ball and stuff like that, I would take them out to the practices and I would get frustrated because these, these volunteer coaches, they, they, they were just kind of making things up on the fly. And I would think, man, have a plan when you get out here, have a practice plan, what's going on. And, and my, my wife at the time, she's like, you know what, you could coach these people if you wanted to, and that'd get rid of the problems. I was like, oh man, I just signed myself up for it. So I got involved in it just to be more efficient with the timing of it. Okay. Um, but it has been so fulfilling. It got me back into coaching. It got me working with kids and I look at um, something as recent as a, this, uh, about a month ago, the NCAA track and field championships had a couple of athletes in there, uh, a woman shot putter from University of North Texas, Kiela Dove, that I had the opportunity to work with when she was in middle school and high school. And now she is on the verge of becoming an Olympian. So I see that and it's like amazing, absolutely amazing, you know, and um I can, I, I'm not taking credit for it. She's had, she has a great college coach. She's had a great support system around her. She's had other coaches uh, as well, but just to say, man, I, I contributed a little bit to that story. Um, it, it, I look at it and it's like amazing, you know, yeah. that, that is something to me that um, uh, I don't know words. I'm having a hard time with words to even express it. I just feel like tremendously fulfilled that I got to contribute to that. Yeah, it must be a very rewarding process to see people like reach those levels of success that have like worked with you before. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's very important to like keep in somehow keep in touch with sports, whether you're playing it when you're a little bit older or whether you're coaching. I think people that grew up on sports, you I feel like you always have an affinity towards playing them and you want to mm -hmm. continue to be a part of it. Some people choose the route of sitting on their couch and watching Sunday night football and eating Cheetos. <laughs> but I think that the best way to approach it is by actually either doing it or coaching or, or coaching it to like help others right. do it well. But well, it got, it got I me through college, you know, it paid for, it paid for my college. And I just, I feel like it's a way for me to give back, contribute to the sport, help others maybe maybe athletes uh, uh kids from families who who maybe would not have gone to college um on their own but had a got a college scholarship uh and gave them the opportunity to do more and go further because they got that college scholarship and that again is one of those things that is tremendously fulfilling yeah i agree i totally agree i think i i someday want to coach soccer i do soccer oh, cool. um they want to coach that as well because of I just have an appreciation for all the coaches I had over time yeah. um, because obviously the, the pay isn't there. Um, they're just doing it out of the kindness of their heart a lot of the times. So um, I do appreciate the work that you do. Um, I, I want to give you the opportunity to, if there any, if there isn't anything, if there is something that you would have liked to speak on that you haven't spoken on yet, um, I want to give you the opportunity to say anything you have to say. Otherwise, if you can um, give our audience just a way that they can reach you or your brand. Yeah, they can reach me at my website, paulsoncoaching.com. That's Paulson with an E, okay, P-A-U-L-S-E-N, coaching.com. Um, and anything to 
anybody listening to this, you are here in this world for a reason. You have special talents, gifts, and abilities that other people do not have, that other people in the world need from you. And so I would just encourage you to uh, if you don't know what those are, explore, discover what they are, find out what it is, but then start start using them, start amplifying, start sharing them. You know, when you start sharing your gifts, that's where you will find that happiness and that real joy um, that will lead to a that that sense of fulfillment and and help you have the best life that you could possibly have. Just share what you've got with others. World needs it. Appreciate that. I've heard that a few times. I do believe it's true. Um, I feel like we all have a skill out there and in there in us that we just need to explore and find. Yeah. Amplify. I learned that. I learned that way too late in life. Way too late. People are saying it, but I still haven't, you know, people give you advice all the time and you have all these phrases in your head of how you should live, but it isn't until you actually live through it that yeah. and like experience it that you get are they able to actually implement it and that's one thing that i think i don't think i have yet to fully embrace and understand like i understand it but i haven't yet to fully accomplish it per se right well you've you you know so l- let me share what i see about something of your gift you've got a platform here <laughs> and you're helping people amplify their voice and amplify their message and you've got a gift to the gift of gab. Okay. You, you can talk with people at ease. You've been a, doing a great job keeping me talking. I'm sure you do the same thing with all your other interview, uh, all the other people you interview. Um, just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it, embrace it. And, um, you know, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. See where this goes. I've been meeting a ton of yeah. people from industry, so just can't wait to see where it brings me. Um, I do want to give you the chance to say, it, cause I'd like to keep it at the end as well, where people can reach you and then we'll close. Absolutely. Hey, go to my website, paulsoncoaching.com. Easiest way to get me there. Um, And, uh, you know, if I can help out, I'm always happy to do what I can. 